Cool. How's it going, everybody? Uh, let me uh, record this. Next up on Smooth Piping Live. <laughs> yeah, man. So that was um, that was a track from my first uh, my first record, man. I cut my first record, and that was uh, that was on it. Um, that was pretty cool. So the um, it was my expression CD, ah. and um, I did I played every instrument on the album. I made every sound on the entire album, and I I uh, produced it all myself, and I did it all in my room uh, in college. Because like it was weird. I, w I was in college in Canada, and I taught bagpipe lessons and stuff, uh, but I also had all this music gear that I bought um, as part of my degree. But I couldn't really get a job, so I was like, all right, this summer I'm just going to record an album, and uh, it's just going to be weird experimental bagpipe music. So. Um, so that's what I did. Cool. I don't know. I think uh, the CDs might not be on pipersdojo.com right now, but if you're interested, uh, definitely let us know. And uh, you got to start queuing up tracks for for uh, you know, waiting music as we wait for the start of the show. Other people. Yeah. Interested. It's cool. It's just it's all very interesting stuff. Maybe we can listen to some more at the end. Um, it, it's all it's all. Um, you know, it's ex experimental. So I was just kind of like, all right, what happens if I do this and this? Does it sound good? And then I kept the stuff that sounded cool and interesting uh, and, and put it all together. And so... And you get uh, to play with all the toys. It's great. Yeah, I remember um, Duncan Miller from the SFU Pipe Band. He let me borrow some, some drumming stuff. And um, it's all like the cheesiest keyboard imaginable. Um <laughs> And I used to like to horse around and like improvise on the keyboard. And so I just like, uh, I just started uh, turning on the recorder when I did it. So there's like some improvisational uh, piano tracks on there just for kicks. And um, it's cool though. I, I re I'm really proud of both of my albums, even though, you know, the, it, they are, you know, pretty far from these Four standards. or five people actually know about them and actually have possessed them. Yeah, if you're on a mobile device, uh, if you're not in the audio area, it will it wouldn't have played that track. So that's probably for those of us who didn't hear it. Um, but uh, should all be encouraged to experiment more. That's my philosophy. Yeah, I mean the interesting thing, uh, and I do this by the way. Um, I still do this. Uh, I never play music of any kind without turning on uh, a recorder and recording it. Um, and I'm actually um, very uh, subtly, cleverly segueing into today's topic. Um, I never play any music of any kind without recording it. And that includes, as you guys know, many of us anyway, uh, that includes Dojo U classes. I am, I, you know, especially when we started the business, I'm so sick of teaching lessons and the brilliance is pouring out of my mouth. That's a joke, uh, maybe a little bit. The brilliance is just spilling out in, in oodles, but only one person will only ever hear that one time. And I was like, Carl, there's got to be a better way. And that's actually a large part of how Dojo U was born. Uh, is because, you know, it's, it's to preserve my brilliance vid. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, well, you know, got to do that. In 200 years, when they dig up some old antiquated Mac book, they'll sort of unearth these videos, and someone will say, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
I mean, we're gonna run. Drones. We're gonna run into trouble when when Flash is finally phased out because most of our recordings won't work at that point. But. Yeah, that's true. Um, hopefully that never happens. Um, and where was I going with this? So yeah. Um, and by the way, about my brilliance, you know. It's just, <laughs> that's in the next 50 minutes. Yeah, let's talk more about that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I never do anything. I try never to do anything without it being recorded, especially because digital recording is so simple now and there's so much storage. And um, And I guess one of the... I guess my main point here is I have a system for recording myself when I practice. It's something I do every time because sometimes you have a great performance and you want to listen to it again. Sometimes things didn't go well and you just want to listen through and see if maybe you're overlooking something. Uh, you know, you always, you always need examples of certain tunes being played. You know, three years from now, you're going to need um, a recording of you playing through some tune when you teach somebody or, or what have you. And uh, hey, Vin, where'd you go? He left us. I had a wee, and this is a wee bump. So everything stopped and then came back on its own. Oh, Weird. your camera's gone again. Oh, well. Uh, and so anyway, that's just one of a ton of examples of uh, what I want the moral of today's show to be. Here's what I want the moral to be. Systems, not skills make a piper. That's my thesis, and I want to explore that today uh, a little bit and see if maybe we, can, um, maybe we can change the way that we think about piping. I think this is one of the bottom line important things with the whole Piper's Dojo message, is that um, <clears throat> developing systems uh, to improve and to explore music is the name of the game. Exactly. I would say. You know, let me, let me give you an you example. Go further than that, you go further than that. You know, a bunch of systems together, and you have a method or a framework or whatever model. Yes. Let's say. A model, exactly right. Or even like you could even call it a funnel, right? <laughs> um, where where you put a bunch of stuff in at the top, funnel it through in a systematic way, and then the musical result is a result of the effectiveness of that sort of funnel or pathway. Um, you know, we, um, it's all about systems and we all do different things. Let, let me give you, let me give you a couple of examples and then I'm going to ask you guys out there today to maybe pitch in and ask some questions uh, in this regard. But what do you do, um, what do you do when it comes to maintaining your bagpipes? Um, do you just maintain them or is is there more to it than that? Do we just have to set them up once and then they're good forever? Yes, the factory tuning method. <laughs> like, do we maintain them once or do we keep, um, or do we have to continually address our maintenance? Sort of, for those wondering, I'm kind of asking you guys. Follow the outside in process every time. Well, uh, you meant from the inside out, but yes, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And it's a constant process. And Vin, I don't know about you, but I sure as heck have a system that I use every single time I play to make sure my maintenance in order. 
uh, my maintenance is in order, right? I have a system. It's a process that I go through in my brain. So uh, there's no point at which I would ever consider my bagpipes to be maintained. Um, and I, I, because I think to think that way um, doesn't usually have a good result. Instead, I am simply continuing, uh, uh, continuing, continually applying my maintenance system to my bagpipes all the time, continuously. It's a system that runs automatically for me. Ooh, Ashby has a daily and a weekly maintenance system. That's pretty cool. For me, I just keep it like really simple. I got other things I want to worry about in my life, right? I want to watch Oprah. I don't want to always be maintaining my bagpipes. So I, I try and keep it really simple. I don't really watch Oprah. Is she, I don't, is she even on anymore? <laughs> I don't think so. Dr. Phil, let's say that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Dr. Oz. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, just a little, it wouldn't be a show without an Oprah joke. That's all. Um, but yeah, my system is like really simple. Bag airtight. Joints and seats airtight. Uh, calibration. You know, something like that. Um, sometimes I split out this. Um, and, you know, you could call it a four-step. Or you could even, uh, for those of us who are newer to calibration, you could break calibration out into two steps. Uh, cal you know, calibrate one drone to chanter, and then step five could be calibrate other two drones to first drone. Right, like this is a fully expanded system. Okay, but, um, and then, Dan, I see your question there, and I'll answer that. But, I, you know, remember, the, this isn't a show about maintaining bagpipes. This is a show about systems. So try and keep that in mind. Right? This is my system. I have learned how to do this automatically every single time I play so that, guess what? Once I've double-checked all five of these steps, now I can move on and worry about other things. If at any point my bagpipe doesn't feel right to me, guess what I do? I don't panic. I don't have to call my bagpipe teacher. Uh, at least not until I've gone through these five things again and double-checked my work. Because if you think about it... Curse out loud. You don't have recordings where you're cursing to the sky out loud. See, I do. That's why, do <laughs> going back to our first system, that's why you keep the recorder going, is you can have some amazing tirades. You know, uh, and, and then you want to record those and make a little soundboard out of yourself. <laughs> that you can use to <laughs> that's a good it. idea. I think I should do that. So you, yeah, so you can make like prank calls and order pizza with like practice outtakes. That would be a really great show is to, uh, you know, <laughs> try and compile some practice outtakes and turn them into a pizza ordering system there. Uh, but the, the other thing is I've carefully designed my system here, my five-step system, carefully designed it to make sure that there are no loopholes. If I do these five steps, my bagpipe will be... Right uh, now, kind of copy and do what they're told. What happened there? That was an outtake. That was an actual conversation, man. <laughs> did you load that in, Vin, or did I didn't, Carl? I, didn't. I think Carl did it. Must have been Carl. It's like, look, look I, didn't, I didn't touch anything. Um, so uh, back to uh, so Dan's question. How do you check that the joints are airtight? Um, well, uh, basically, it's, for me, it's just a matter of checking to make sure that uh, I don't have it with me, but we can use a chanter as an example. Right? Just making sure that this is nice and snug and super tight. A lot of times um, our joints are loose, 
but they sometimes they get loose. Like when you leave them overnight, some air or some moisture gets out of there and they end up loosening up. Sometimes they can even be too tight. But I just make sure that's nice and snug so that I know beyond all reasonable doubt that there's no air sneaking through those joints, right? And the same goes with the reed seat. So I do the same process with my, uh, just this would be in my real bagpipe chanter or drone reeds. I make sure that the reed is super snug as well so there's no air sneaking in through there. Right, and then we we talk about calibration a lot at the dojo, um, so I'm not going to go through that today. But that's a system for making sure my drone reads are taking the perfect amount of air. Yeah. You could be, I mean, when you talk about the skills, you know, that the systems are not the skills, right? The skills are all the little things that you're doing in that system to check all that stuff. And you could be the best, you know, bag airtight checker in the world, <laughs> whatever yeah. you know, whatever you know technique you use. But that's just a single sort of skill that falls into the system. It's a series of things that you do to, uh, to make the system work. Right. Well, and skills, okay, and here's, here's the other, you know, follow-up point that I'd like to make, okay? Skills are a natural byproduct. Is this how you spell byproduct, Vin, or is it B-Y? It's B-Y. <laughs> skills are a natural byproduct of operating successful systems. Or you could call it, let's be, let's be geeks today. Executing successful systems. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so skills are a natural byproduct of executing successful systems. Right? So right now, Carl is very skilled at setting up a well-maintained bagpipe. But his skills for the sake of argument, have all been derived from that simple system that we follow every time. Another good example is, like, I think John Holcomb's out there today. John Holcomb travels the state of Florida. It's like a lonesome wanderer, just helping people set up their bagpipes properly. Wow. He's changing the state of Florida as we speak right now. It's like Johnny um, Appleseed. <laughs> yeah. And it's all because it's all because you know John's really into this system of uh, yeah the dojo five step method to setting up bagpipes. You could have a different system. Some people might do it a different way. Um, it doesn't really matter, does it? As long as you have a system that works. Are the dojo systems the best? Yeah, they are. But you could have different systems, uh, and that would be fine. Exactly. Okay. If you if you ask everybody, you know, you can go around and ask twenty pipers, you know, how to do something, you get twenty different answers. You know, because everybody's got their system or their technique or their trick or whatever. But you know, if you put that all, if you're able to put all that stuff together and and link it in a in a process in a system, then you're already ahead of the game, and you don't need twenty pipers to tell you what to do. Yeah. How many people out there today? Sixty-two people. How many have watched our four free videos, or at least the first video? Yeah, bunch of people, all four. Sweet, super cool. Jim raises hand too. Tons of people raising hands. That's great. Excellent. Well, that's really cool. I'm, those, those have been a huge hit so far. Um, and my point is, what is the, what is especially given today's thesis, taking that in mind, what is the point of video number one? We teach you how to learn a tune. But it's not really learning, it's, we're not really teaching you the skill of learning tunes, are we? 
right? We're not learning the skill of learning a new tune. We're learning the system. We're learning the system of learning a new tune. So, uh, for example here, I'm just going to make us a little smaller, make this a little bigger. Okay. So, like, what? who can uh, help me review what's the system of learning a tune, right? It's a repeating, expanding system that we use for whatever tune we want to learn in the whole world, right? It goes like this. Learn far one. Learn far two. <clears throat> Put them together. Repeat four bars, three and four, right? And then we do, you know, and then in brackets, this makes a line. I'm just like basically almost, I'm, it's almost like I'm writing a computer program here, right? Almost. Learn bar one, learn bar two, put them together to make a, uh, a phrase. Uh, repeat for bars three and four, this makes a line, right? Repeat uh, steps one through four to make second line, right? And then repeat steps one through five to make second part. You know, uh, I don't know. Put them together. There's, there's a process anyway. I haven't figured out the best way to diagram it out here. Right? Uh, but it's a process, right? Bar one, bar two, put them together. Do the same with bars three and four, right? Then we have two phrases we can put together. Then we build the next line, we put that together with the previous line. Then we build up the next part, put that together with the previous part. Then if it's a four-parted tune, we do the same thing with the second half of the tune. And um, the <clears throat> skill, okay, the skill of learning tunes quickly is a natural byproduct of executing this system repeatedly. Does everybody understand that? Um, how many... As, uh, as is sight reading, if talks about their sight reading. This is one thing I hear university people say, oh, my sight reading stinks. You know, I can't, I can't. Yeah, develop a system. Develop a system for learning tunes and sight reading, right, will be a natural, good sight reading will be a natural byproduct of that. So will memorization, by the way. The, the better your system is for learning tunes, the better your retention will become because you're, focus, you're able to focus more on the tune and less on just survival through the thing, right? So um, let's open this up to the floor. What are some other important systems that you use uh, to improve your piping? Okay. Let's hit. Let's have uh, all sixty-four of us type in their their most useful bagpipe system. Later, like after we do this, I'll ask you what are some things you stink at that you can't figure out your system for. But we're not going to do that yet. Yeah, it's interesting. John is referencing there. Uh, by the way, I didn't see 64 people typing, so we got Everyone's got to uh, type in their favorite system there. Just as an as an aside, that is what PipeHacker.com is all about. It's about systems, approaching systems, creating systems, hacking systems, all for the betterment of your bagpiping. Absolutely. So uh, as everyone in here is typing, uh, John is referencing video four in our free video sequence. 
the 50-30-20 rule for practicing. That's a system that we use and we teach our students um, in order to automatically improve your playing over time without needing to like put any deep and meaningful thought into it. Um, and so that's a system of allocating your practice time well. I'm not going to go into that today because guess what? You can just watch the video. Okay, well, Daniel, uh, Dan, Dan Butler there, steady blowing. What's the system for steadying your blowing there, Dan? Um, let's see. Tim says, same as John's. That's cheating, but okay. Uh, Lynn says, warm up properly. What, Lynn, what is the system that you use for warming up properly? Can you type in some bullet points for us? Robert says, he's been using basically the same system to learn tunes and teach. Awesome, right? That's another example of, you know, systems will vary slightly from time to time. But it, it, it's, the important thing is that you have a system, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it, can, it can vary based on your own, you know, your own preferences and your, what, what you respond to more than, something, than someone else. Um, I, th I think the point is that if you're developing it, and you're thinking about those things, you will come up with one that works right. for you. And that's right. I mean, and we have to we have to make our own systems out there in the world, don't we? Sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, I I have a good D throw, I've developed my D throw, but you might need to develop this. You might not have time to hop on Dojo U. You might need to get that D throw going for next week at band practice. Well, what can you do? What can you do to make that happen? What's the best system? Um Let's see. Experience does not necessarily build good habits, Gary. I think I know what you're trying to say, though. Yeah. I think, you it's know, the I difference. Think, practice yeah. doesn't make perfect. Yeah, well, but with experience, you also accumulate a lot of different systems that can all maybe be compatible um, and be connected in some fashion. You know? Yeah. It's all about learning, right? This, you know, this is this is. These are these are learning models that we're talking about. It's not um, anything mysterious. I mean, it's the same kind of thinking that goes into any kind of educational philosophy or uh, teaching models in school or any of this kind of stuff. I mean, this is this is how it's approached. What kind of system um, can we can we use to sort of illustrate, like when, say, a kid understands something? You know, um, how do we know that, and how do we do, and how do we get it to that point? You know. All right, so Lynn, uh, Lynn responded a little bit about acclimatizing the pipes to the environment. Yeah, what you're alluding to there, and at least in, if I translate it to my own piping, is I have a system for how I'm going to structure my entire playing period. And that's especially true in the band, right? We engineer the band experience to best suit the realities of playing the pipes. And of course, the best system we've ever seen, anyone in the entire world, is if you've ever seen Field Marshal get set up. Yeah. Exactly. It's absolute oh, it's, insanity. It's, yeah, it's mind boggling. <laughs> it's mind boggling. And we like we can just watch. We don't have any idea what's going on in there for them to achieve such an amazing sound, right? Well, I mean, we have ideas, but who knows? Um, and then there's something like Gary, what Gary was saying as far as experience, right? I'm sure the fact that Richard Parks has done it a million times uh, and is experienced in doing the right things. I'm sure that's part of how he makes it look. After so after a while, you trust the system. Like you don't actually have any kind of doubt that the system will work. If it doesn't, 
you did something wrong or something other, some other factor got in the way. That's right. You know, it's you, and you can't hate the system. <laughs> you got to hate the thing that made it not work. You know, and fix that. So. Um, that's 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 I think that's their magic. I think is they did they tr put their faith in that system so much that they just know it's going to work. They just do it. Um, mm -hmm. And the problem okay, is really solved at that point, you know. Yeah, Gary has a good question. Let me come back to that. Uh, Meredith uses a Chinese abacus to keep track of time spent practicing. That's a cool system. Kind of fun. That's neat. <laughs> uh, let's see. Will has a system. He warms up for five to ten minutes. Then he tunes. Then I put in the earplugs and play the tunes I want to work on that day. That's a cool system. Um, absolutely. Yeah, like playing practice chanter during commercials. Or at, uh, I'm not going to condone playing at red lights uh, publicly. But uh, yeah, I do that too. Um, and then. Um, our good friend Matt MacArthur, you should see the places he plays his channel. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit crazy. Uh, but yeah, like uh, playing, finding, or getting into the habit of playing practice chanter during downtime is a great idea. Okay, uh, John's question. When I record my practice sessions, how do you then store and organize those audio files? Good that's question. a good question, an and that's all, <laughs> uh, that's all part of the system, right? That is all part of the system. I have a system. I do have a system. Yeah. What I do is I throw most of it out eventually. Really? So what I do, yeah, here's what I do. I practice, um, and then I, after I'm done practicing, I uh, will listen through it. Sometimes I'll listen in the car on the way to work. Uh, sometimes I'll listen. And uh, on my iPhone or something, um, so I have you know I have a routine. I when I'm done, I take my sound chip, I plug it in, and I listen through it. And then if I want to keep anything, I just extract it to an MP3 file and load it into my iTunes. And if I don't want to keep it, which is usually the case, usually I don't really need to keep anything once I've listened through it a couple times. Then I just record magazines. over it. You know, you could they kind of save them and then you never look at them again and then you know you have to throw them out eventually or they end up in big piles get in the way of everything you know my, my, my audio files are definitely like that you know I have my system is I'll listen to, I have to listen to it like as soon as possible after I record it because if I don't I won't <laughs> so if I and then if I hear good bits I take those good bits out and then I rename the file and I keep those sort of separately everything's dated uh, so I know exactly when you know recordings took place and you know any other notes like chanter reads or anything else that I messed around with are all in the file name usually. And I just yeah. into the folder, you know. It's interesting, you know. Um, I'm reading some of this stuff here. Yeah, relearning tunes. When I was a kid, I had an awesome system, which was I got the electronic pipes out, and I played along with my favorite bagpipe records. <laughs> I just jammed, and that's a very basic system. And I think a a lot of my development came from that, just playing along. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly, John. I get rid of all the bad crap immediately. Um, although sometimes it's 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 still important to look at the bad crap to be like, ooh, I want to avoid that next time. Yeah. Um, and, and what have you. you. You hear different things like that you maybe didn't pick up on while you were playing it, you too. You know, it definitely happens all the time for me. I mean, you, know, you listen to something and you're like, wait a minute, that was... Why did I 
change that, <laughs> you know, or why did I do something differently at that moment because that was okay, you know, or something like that, you know, or usually it's tuning or sound, like, you know, I know exactly what was happening when I was hearing that, when I was doing that, and, but I'm listening to it, and it was okay, but then I changed it, and why did I do that, you know, so it gets you, it gets you thinking, and it starts, starts you questioning your own processes, and thinking about, like, you know, your mindset a little bit, um, and, and, and being aware the next time, right, paying attention the next time, closer, and developing it that way. Absolutely. So the, on to the next question, and then, then uh, Gary, maybe you can copy and paste that question again. Let's do the next round of questions. So what are some things in piping that you stink at that you need to develop a system for? Everybody's great at everything. That's why no one's typing. No one needs no one needs Dojo University. It's a whole big scam. Then yeah. <laughs> you're like you're fired, man. You you are fired. You're not fired. You can't fire someone. That's why Dojo University University exists because no one's good at everything. I do not know why my camera keeps doing that. It's starting to get bugged. It has to do with the exposure, I think. Yeah, I think the light changes, the sun moves, or clouds moving. All right. Um, cool. Let's start with let's start at the top. So, burls. Burls. What's a good system for developing burls? Don't ask me this question. <laughs> Let's go wing it, you know. Yeah, the burls are kind of wing it to me. But you know, like any, it's like any. You can't treat it separately as any different kind of embellishment, right? It's the same. You know, it's a, it's an embellishment just like all others. So whatever you do for the others, you know, will certainly work for the burl. I'm sure. Um, just because it's one finger and not several <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean anything. So you still have to, you know, think of the fundamentals. Pay attention to the different things that go into moving your finger, um, and then just you know do that. Right. I definitely like. Uh, I used to do a thousand burls a day. Um, that used to be my system. And Patrick was saying playing burls on pencils. Yeah. So you could practice your burls. Steering wheel is a great place too. Uh, just keep that burl finger going. Keep that motion happening. I used to say to everybody, a thousand burls a day keeps doctor away. <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, the system is definitely, I mean, I tend not to talk about exercises a lot, right? Just sort of exercises that you might be playing in a tune or something basic that you can just play, you know, or work on over and over to get that good sound going. Um, you know, it's like anything else, like workout, you know, weight training or something. You just keep, it's just reps. And, you know, and, and paying attention to the good, the things that go into a good burl, right? You know, good, good hole coverage and all that stuff. Um I struggled for a long time with my, my B finger, and it still happens every now and then when it, the weather changes. So my B finger tends to move, and it's just the way that my hand is wired together, you know. So you move, you move in the pinky, but the, your ring finger is like shifting slightly, just ever, just ever so slightly. So every now and then, depending on a, what kind of circulation I got going on, it might move off the hole slightly, which is frustrating to no end. 
and you it's yep. just something you have to think about. You know, it's like, oh, I have to concentrate on keeping the whole coverage you know, there. In in general, right? Yeah, in general, my system for all of this stuff, my system for developing all finger work stuff is the same tune building approach, right? Now, um, granted, there might be some extreme cases where I need to go outside of that, but generally, right? It's like, all right, so some people were mentioning E doublings from F. Some people talking about timing and rhythm. Gary was talking a little bit about what systems you have for developing expression. Well, I use the tune building system, right? So, um, so okay, the judge says um, that the expression in the third part of uh, 91st at Mater River, which we were working on this morning, right? Expression in the third part's not good. Right, so I'm going to take my tune building approach. I'm going to focus on maximizing expression, which, as a dojo person knows, right, expression is sort of a word that encompasses two things a lap ASAP and then a sense of pulsing. So I'm going to start with a lap ASAP uh, and make sure each phrase I'm executing that correctly. <laughs> That's my first phrase. Right, and work on that, make sure it's to my liking. Then I would go on to the next phrase. Then I would put those two things together. Then I would focus on the next line. And I would do that, um, you know, especially if I'm an intermediate player or beginner player, I'm making sure, well, or an advanced player too, I'm making sure I'm do that, doing that slowly so I have time to think about each and every instance of a dot cut where I need to be careful and, and not uh, be too round at it. Right? And then Gary, um, Gary's, you know, it mentions you know the system is really about if you had to come up with like sort of a rule of thumb sort of come up with a system you should have more than one step you know toward your end goal whatever that is you know if your goal is to improve your expressiveness then there should be a couple of steps in how you do that so it's about creating those steps and what you do it's just not one thing over and over and over again you're actually doing a couple three maybe four or five things in a sequence that will eventually lead to that more expressive playing. Now, whatever that is, that's what we're, that's what we're talking about, right? So that's that, that what kind of things you can do. Okay, step one, use the tune building sort of approach. One phrase, next phrase, um, you know, experiment a bit with your with your timing. You know, try, try to play it a little differently, that kind of thing, and just build it that way, right? And then the next step would be to, you know, try to do the whole tune or something that way. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, yeah, there is no hard and fast system, right? I think that's what we're trying to brainstorm here. But um, and yeah, there is. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. yeah. There's a whole video about that, right? <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, you know, you you put your faith in something that works, and there's no reason to really do anything else, you know, once you once you do it. So, for me, it's always it's almost always when it comes to finger work items, right? The answer is almost always slow it down and break it down, break it down, slow it down, right? So like, um, oh, my tear lift is bad. Well, what do you, what, we all know what we need to do. We need to break it down, slow it down, and then rebuild it back up again. So I use the same tune building approach um, to do that. So I slow the tempo down. Uh, or in some cases, as you guys know, I use metronome magnification to help me out. Um, but I slow it down, magnify it, um, and, and take small chunks at a time, and then build it back out again.
that's my system. It's one of those things. That, I mean, you're going to have to get in the trenches and do it on your own and figure out what works for you. I mean, I think I, I put a, I had a post a while back on uh, on Pipe Hacker about they call it the three E's, some or better piping with ease, and it was basically a three step process. You know, it's with with E words like it was evaluate. I'm trying to remember what it was. Evaluate, um, execute, or it was evaluate, execute, and then um, something else. I forget what it was. But it's just a, a simple sort of mental check. Like if you're something's wrong, you evaluate why it's wrong. You, you know, and then you evaluate, and then you sort of, ex, you know, execute it by experimenting and doing different things to get it better, sounding the better way, you know, the way you want it to sound. Um, and then, and then you go about doing it that way, and then repeat <laughs> as many times as you need to uh, to uh, to get it the way you want it. Um, and it's just like a, it's just a sort of a simple, much like the maintenance check, right? The maintenance system that you you would do every day or every time you pick up your instrument, just something. And it can happen in 10 minutes, it can happen in five minutes, it can happen in an hour. Um, you know, each step could be, you know, minutes long or, you know, one phrase long. You know, it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's, and especially with finger work, that's just all you really need to do. You sort of evaluate why things are not going the way you want them to go. And that's slowing, you have to slow it down. And again, it's building those skills or the techniques that you need in the system. Slow it down, break it down, use the metronome. Um, whatever you need to do to, 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 to make it sound right for you. Yeah. Um, okay, then uh, some people are asking you if you could turn off your microphone a little. Um, but um, cool. Yeah. So there's lots of good stuff here. There's not a hard and fast answer to every little thing. Um, so now I've got to turn you down a little bit there. It's, it's also about focusing on objectives, too. You know, what is it you really want to achieve? Okay, you say, oh, I want to improve my expressiveness, but what does that really mean? You know, do you, it means you want to play, uh, you know, a 2-4 march that sounds a little bit more musical, right? And by musical, what do you mean by that, right? Is, does it mean, you know, what you're used to hearing from Willie McCallum, or does it mean something else, you know? Um, but that's, that's, the, that's where you have to start, I think. And if you start there, then I think then, then the systems and, the, and the, the, uh, the things you employ to get those, you know, the, to get that at point. Uh, become clear, really. Um. Yeah, exactly. I, I think learning to learning to develop smart systems for me that's what it's all about, right? It's yeah. part of the so, it's part of the reason that I it's part of the reason that I really have a hard time teaching private lessons to certain students because a student shows up and it's like, all right, Andrew, uh, tell me how tell me what to do. It's like, well, I'll, you know, what I really want to do is help that That's person. piping in general, and it's been that way for 100 years, right? <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't crazy. work for me. It doesn't work for me at all. I think that's part of why we're doing this, right? Uh, hey, Andrew, hey, Andrew, tell me what to do. It's like, well, I don't really want to do that. You'd have to pay me a lot more for me to want to do that. <laughs> but instead, it's like, okay, so, you know, hey, Andrew, my pipes are really hard. I get that one sometimes. Uh, Andrew, why are my pipes hard? It's like, well... Um, Explain the system that you went through, um, where you came to the conclusion that your pipes were hard. Like, let's let's go through the system. What do you need? Or I can't get my drones in tune. Well, did you? Uh, sorry, that's my that's my annoying student voice. I don't have very many of those anymore. I fired. No, I fired. They don't want like that, do they? <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds like this. Oh no. And uh, I'm just I'm just joking around. But you, you know what I mean. I'm sure everyone in their professional life. Has people like that 
where it's like, uh, why couldn't you figure that out on your own using using your brain? Well, I think yeah, I think that defines a lot of people for in a lot of ways, um, you know, especially in Python. You know, that we've forever been reliant on our instructors or pipe majors to basically give us the answers we need, and and that's why there's such a large workshop network too. You know, where the good pipers come around and they sort of share what they know and. People flock to those classes, which is all good. Not mind you, I don't, I don't, I'm not slamming that, but I think it's that desire to sort of have the answer, you know, that that where is, you know, whereas you, you I think you can develop that answer. I think the, you know, going seeking that kind of education, whether it's workshops and things like that, just give you the tools to be able to do that on your own, because um, eventually you have to. <laughs> you can't. There's, there's just no way around it. You know, it's like it's all going to be you at some point. Exactly right. Glenn needs a system to improve his endurance. It's good. I mean, that's a great system. You know, one of the first steps in that system is, right, endurance system. And again, I'm just brainstorming. I don't really necessarily have, have one. But a system to develop your endurance. What's step one got to be there, Glenn? A lot of people want to improve their endurance, but they overlook, like, the most important part of what the system should start with. Good, exactly. You know, a hundred percent efficient bagpipes, right? That has to be step one, because otherwise, you, you know what I mean? It's like uh, no nobody could run a marathon if they didn't eat breakfast or if they didn't feed themselves properly, right? It's the same with endurance. No one can become uh, strong with the bagpipe if it's set up properly and you're going to pass out, right? Uh, so step one of the endurance system, 100% efficient bagpipes, right? And then you can develop any system. You might want to draw from other systems that you're aware of that have to do with endurance, like go on the Internet. How do runners improve their endurance? You know, how do other types of athletes improve oh, yeah. their endurance? Absolutely. I mean, the, the ultimate system I, you know, uh, that I, I think could everybody could benefit, I, and I posted about this not about a week or so ago, it was a, the uh, sort of rule of um, – Aggregate marginal gains. It was something that the Team Sky, the uh, bicycle British national bicyclist team, employed to improve uh, their performance to the point where they won consecutive Tour de France titles, which had never happened in the entire 90-year history of the event. So it was something that they threw out as a goal for them. We're going to win the Tour de France, and something that a British team had never done that. And they employed the system, which is basically improving little pieces of every aspect of their performance in such a way where together they you know, equaled large, large amounts of improvement. And it meant everything, like from the, what they ate, how they slept, bringing pillows with them to tournaments and races, um, things like that, that all made the entire experience that much better. Um, and, you know, one of the things, and there's a video up there on, on the post, I I've been pipe hacker too about this, where the coach describes this process. You know, it's it's, it's amazing because it's always about asking yourself, what can I do today to make myself a little bit better? You know, what can I change? What can I do to just improve my performance just that little bit? Not a lot, just a little bit. Trying to do, you know, and yeah. then to do that across a lot of different aspects of your of your performance, it all equals a large amount of improvement over time. So, and then you just keep doing that over and over for other things as things get better. You know, so um, in two years or three, I think it was through two or three years, they won their first Tour de France. So the results are there, you know. 
it, and that's a mindset. You know, that's a that's a that's not even just a sort of a, a bunch of things they did. It's 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 a way of thinking about what you do. You know? Indeed. Cool. I'm going to load in another track. Uh, let's call it in there for today. Uh, let's see. John says we all yeah. need a solid system. There's, there's your ultimate system right there. How you, how you, what you do when the minute you show up at Games Day, you know, for, for solo competition or something. It's all about systems. Mm -hmm. Think about the system and don't focus on the skill. Right. It really, it really annoys me when people ask me how to tune their drones. And I do that all the time. You know, like it's like you always you forget the system or you neglect the system and you second guess the system and the next thing you know things go south and then you're done. <laughs> Everything's over. Yeah, exactly. Develop the system. Learn to trust in the system. Right. Uh, tweak the system. Always tweaking. It's never like it's you know, but always tweaking the system, making it a little bit better, changing the way you do things, and then um, that's how you get the product right. Um. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, let's segue. Let's play another track here. Um, I've been playing some of these this week. Um, so here's one. Um, uh, just uh, to get into a little bit more listening. So here's a track from the same album. Uh, I think you actually get to hear me sing on this one. That's <clears throat> uh, uh, just like you know what I said. Uh, the interesting thing here is I I taped I taped and adjusted the chanter to play in the key of G. As part of that's one of my experiments. And then the other thing I did a lot in this track is I actually pitch shifted the chanter, but not in the cheesy way that you think. I actually pitch shifted it uh, without preserving the timing. So I did, I did some things where I played an octave lower, but I actually recorded it twice as fast as, uh, as the actual final product so I could play the chanter in the key of G an octave lower at the appropriate tempo. And I did the opposite thing too, where uh, I, I also pitch shifted it up. It actually sounds kind of like an electric guitar uh, that sort of happens at the end. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of fun, kind of fun and goofy. Here's um, uh, here's our last track here before we call it in for the day. I think. So that's in the key of G. <laughs>
Goodness. You guys want to hear one more? Want to do one more? I, I'm trying know. to think. I'm trying to think of an appropriate metaphor for the the drug that this would equal versus the next one that follows it, and which ones you know would you have to take? Are you getting weird on me? What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, did you do the, what did you do? You did the, was it Kill Creast after this, right? Oh, I see. The album, you mean. Yeah. We can listen to some of that uh, next week. Yeah, I think all this is on iTunes. Uh, it's on CD Baby, and then occasionally uh, they're on our website as well. Uh, here's, the, here's the one that comes right after that track. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Do I, have to, do I have to sing on this one too? It's so embarrassing. Maybe I'm all right. <laughs> 